There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. You might recognize this voice. It's not Emily. We are missing Emily this week. This is Henley. I am too scared to watch scary movies, and I am really missing my partner in crime, Emily, who is usually here to also be too scared of scary movies. <laughs> I'm Sammy. I like scary movies, and now we're on a even playing field, mm-hmm. one to one, one brave person, one scared mm-hmm. person. Missing our missing our wonderful Emily. She could not make it today because it is our correspondent's birthday today. So a big happy birthday shout out to Joel Jensen. Joel Jensen, we love him so much. He has he's the one who coined the brilliant term correspondent. <laughs> we must give him so much credit for that. And you can don't um, forget correspondent. Oh yeah, right. And correspondent. <laughs> he has been on because he's been on four of our shows. <laughs> he did The Witch, Train to Busan. Saw and Drag Me to Hell, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Those are the four. Um, We love you, Joel. Happy birthday. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What's up with you, Henley? Just you and me. Oh, my God. It's so good to see you, Sammy. I love you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what's up with me? So I have been doing something like all throughout quarantine that I'm just curious if other people have been doing this as well. And I thought I'd talk about it on the pod a little bit today. Mm -hmm. So I've developed a pretty obsessive habit of searching Zillow, Mm. Zillow Zillow.com. I am looking everywhere. I'm just imagining what it would be like to buy a house in Savannah, Georgia, (laughs) Um, like in anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just curious um, Certainly cheaper than Los Angeles and New York City. No, I mean, I mostly look in Los Angeles and New York City, okay. but those prices are so deeply upsetting yeah. that then I have to like give myself a little palate cleanser by looking at in places like Savannah, Georgia, where you can buy like a beautiful four bedroom home for like $250,000. Like those are the upsetting ones. That's when I get upset. <laughs> mm, I guess. Yeah, this there's multiple ways to look yeah, at sure. it. I think. I think I like to daydream that I would be happy in a smaller city. Maybe I would. I've never lived in a smaller city, so I I don't know. I've only ever lived in, like after post-college, I've only ever lived in New York or Los Angeles. So I don't know what it would be like to live anywhere else. Um, But I recently, there's an article in the New York Times um, that someone wrote about this obsession. And apparently a lot of people are doing it. A lot of people have been doing it during quarantine, like Zillow's ad views or page views are skyrocketing <laughs> because people just want to know yeah. like what it would be like to daydream a little bit about where else they could live. Everyone's fantasizing about 
leaving their homes or because we have to stay in our homes, changing homes. <laughs> and what you could do to decorate your home, what kind of garden you could have in this, um, you know, fantasy life that you have. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sammy, have you ever done this? I have not, but I did definitely get into the, the redecorating early on. I bought new a new couch, new art uh, for the walls. I was just so sick of looking at everything. And so I had to revamp things. But the only thing I've looked up on Zillow is the house I am currently living in while I'm here mm -hmm. for work. And this is like a rental house. And it's five bedroom and it's waterfront. It's beautiful. And it's so beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. It's so beautiful. And it's just $1 million. <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's so insane. If this house was in Los Angeles, well, first of all, if it was waterfront, I mean, I guess it would be in Malibu or something. It would be $30 million. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's astonishing that it's this price. I actually looked at Malibu recently on Zillow, and that's a really fun one. That's a really fun one to fantasize. But all of them are like $15 million houses. It's crazy. Mm, yep. What about you, Sammy? How's your week been? Oh, it's been okay. Working away. Um, I have been very, very busy with work. My work deadline got extended, so I will be staying up here through Christmas. I'll be in this five-bedroom house by myself <sighs> for Christmas. I can't believe it. So listeners, we can't do any incredibly scary movies for the next couple weeks because <laughs> I, I, I will be too scared. Yeah, Even you're not me, that brave. Even me, a brave person in a big house by myself for weeks is not You're only not human. Ideal. And what I've been doing is, well, recently I was like, oh, you know, it's the end of the year. There's going to be some top 10 lists. I like to make top 10 mm -hmm. lists at the end of the year for movies and TV. And mm -hmm. this has been a weird year for movies, obviously. Theaters have been closed. A lot of releases being pushed. But more than I realized were released. And so I had a real <laughs> panic attack looking up all these movies that came out in 2020 that I just kind of missed went under the radar. And there's so many that I feel like I have to watch now before I can make my top 10 list. I was feeling very overwhelmed. And because of that, I thought I'd kill two birds with one stone. And so this week's movie... Because <laughs> this is on your top 10. This is a potential. This, this for, could be this on the week's top movie 10. is a 2020 movie. So yes, it was one that I was mm -hmm. like, I gotta see before I make that list. And this mm -hmm. week's movie is Color Out of Space. It is directed by Richard Stanley, written by Richard Stanley and Scarlett Amaris, based on the short story The Color Out of Space by H.P. Lovecraft, starring Nicolas Cage, Jolie Richardson, Madeline Arthur, Elliot Knight, and Tommy Chong. It is available on okay. AMC Plus if you guys still have your free trial from last week from rec <laughs> as i like mm. got right in, in the window there and i was able to watch this one for free too it's also on shutter if you guys have shutter sponsored by okay shutter. got it <laughs> yeah seriously hashtag shutter sponsor us please we talk about you in every single episode um sammy i'm so excited to hear about this movie um 
we talked about how we should probably discuss H.P. Lovecraft a mm-hmm. little bit because the movie is obviously based off of a short yes. story that he I wrote. Had, I had just heard that or I, the only thing I know about him is, well, obviously that he's kind of a fantasy science fiction horror author and that he is racist. And so I asked Henley <laughs> t- to do some digging. I've never really found out more than just that sentence. And so I was interested to hear. Yeah. Henley, what did you find? Okay, I found so many things. Man, this guy's fascinating. He's really had a huge influence on science fiction writing um, and like horror fiction in general. So I'm just going to do a little quick little biography <laughs> of him. Um, okay, so he lived from 1890 to 1937. He died in obscurity of intestinal cancer at 46, and he was never known or successful in his lifetime. Oh, at interesting. All. Like he was super poor. No, everyone hated his writing. Like a few years after he died, a New Yorker critic wrote, Lovecraft was not a good writer. The only real horror in most of these fictions is the horror of bad art and bad wow. taste. So mean. Yeah. But apparently people he hated him. Shitty. So maybe he deserved it. Well, <laughs> we're going to get to that. Yeah. So then his popularity actually rose in the 60s and 70s, thanks to books like Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist. That's when horror fiction started to become super mm-hmm, popular. Mm-hmm. He always kind of had like a group of devoted, avid fans. And during this time period, they really started to grow. More of his works were published. They... um developed a prestigious award for science fiction called the World Fantasy Award in 1975. Mm. And the trophy um, was a bust of Lovecraft's face. Mm. Um, so he's best known for his super nihilistic point of view. He's quoted as saying, um, all my tales are based on the fundamental premise that common human laws and interests and emotions have no validity or significance in the vast cosmos at large. Mm, that I can see that in this movie for sure. Yes. So obviously really dark point of view. Um, and he also is quoted as saying the oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear and the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. So those are two of his more popular quotes and kind of give you a sense of how his brain works. So the other interesting thing about Lovecraft is he was a prolific writer and wrote almost 100,000 letters throughout his lifetime. And so it's in these letters that we really get a real clear look into how explicitly racist he was. Oh, boy. I mean, I think the racism also comes through in a lot of his short stories, but he's very direct about it in a lot of these letters. So, Mm -hmm. for example, um, in a 1934 letter, he described um, extra legal measures such as lynching and intimidation in Mississippi and Alabama as ingenious. Jesus Christ. Um, Yes. He says uh, he discusses miscegenation and says that it's his most corporeal fear. He insists that only pain and disaster could come from the mingling of black and white. Um, He also wrote a poem in 1912. Uh, where he says the gods, having just designed man and beast, create blacks in semi-human form to populate the space in between. That's a poem. That's in a poem. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So he's like horribly racist. And 
super anti-Semitic. He also writes a lot about anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. He was a fan of Hitler and fascism. Um, A fan of Hitler. Yeah. So so clearly really, really super racist. So the thing that this is ongoing controversy because people also are like a huge fan of his writing. Mm -hmm. He's really influenced a lot of a lot of writers. Um, He obviously has a huge legacy in our culture today. Um, And so there's been a lot of talk of like whether it's possible to separate his racism from his work. Others were trying to square it, trying to reconcile it. Um, The award that was created in 1975, the World Fantasy Award, it's still one of the most prestigious science fiction awards. But of course, like who wants to receive a bust of this super fucking racist man yeah, as an award that this redesign that award <laughs> so they did in 2015 they yeah. they no longer award a bust of hp lovecraft to winners but there's controversy about that like some authors um expressed anger at the decision returned their awards because they decided to make this decision and urged people to boycott it like wow. that's and that's in 2015 that this is happening. I mean, not surprising. Yeah. No, but it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, and so anyway, I think I think the thing that I was thinking about while reading all this is like his stories. I I don't think you you can't. It's impossible to separate the fact that this guy was super racist. I mean, you just you can't. I don't think it's possible to really reconcile it. And like, it's something that we've talked about before on the podcast, where it's like representation matters, of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, his stories are coming from an extremely racist point of view, and they kind of like breathe life into these myths that already exist in our culture that have like real world consequences. And are used constantly by our society to justify violence, pain, or just like keeping people down that aren't white. And I don't know what's going to happen with H.P. Lovecraft's legacy. I think we're like in a moment where we don't know quite yet. Have you seen Lovecraft Country? No, I haven't. Highly recommend. It's... Not based on anything he did, but it's set in the same world and it's a primarily black cast and gets into a lot of um, American history and confronts this racism in a really interesting way. It might be making an appearance on the aforementioned top 10 list. So, Oh, oh my God, Sammy. Okay, well, I want to watch it then. I'm really curious. It's really good. Okay. Um, because ob- obviously this guy is still we're still making all these things that are based off of his stories. Like he's it still has a huge presence in what we're consuming. Yeah. And I'm wondering. I was just wondering. I don't know anything about this movie we're about to hear about, but if any of this like resonates with what you watched with Color Out of Space, or if it feels like that story is kind of not engaging with any of this at all because he wrote so many stories i don't know if all of them necessarily are relevant to this topic or not i mean i didn't there weren't there i didn't pick up any you know racist undertones or anything like that but i'm sure that they would rewrite to not have it be that way i don't think that so maybe the original story there does there is 
Right. Um, there's a kind of there's a character in this that's name is Ward Phillips and HP Lovecraft Craft's full name is Howard Phillips Lovecraft. And so it's kind of him putting himself in the book. And that mm. character is they cast as a black guy. Oh, cool. Um, OK. I don't know if that's them being like, fuck you, HP Lovecraft, <laughs> like or what. But yeah, no, I didn't. It didn't come through in that way. The other stuff that you were saying about, you know, the fear of the unknown and that kind of stuff does. And then, yeah, that makes sense. That's kind of yeah, I think that's a common theme. It sounds like not that I have read a lot of H.P. Lovecraft or know a lot about him. This is just yeah, I just feel like he's become some he's a name you hear more and more often. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think because of this and because of Lovecraft Country, he's had a bit of a resurgence. So, yeah, I was just interested to know more about him. So thank you, Henley. I feel like it's important to not ignore these things when you're talking about these people. Like, I mm -hmm. feel like that should always be part of the conversation mm -hmm. when talking about problematic people. Like, you can't you can't celebrate them without criticizing them. Well, yeah, I mean, we we got into this a bit with Rosemary's Baby, too. It's something that kind of I feel like on an individual level you kind of have to reckon with these things and I don't you know. can't yeah you can't like brush it under the rug because yeah. that allows it to keep happening and that kind of dismisses the behavior yeah I I personally I don't I don't love separating art from the artist but here we are yeah I don't know he's tricky he's a tricky one mm -hmm. so Sammy were you like so happy to watch your favorite actor in the entire world, Nicolas Cage? Oh, you know I was. <laughs> I freaking love him. But let the record show that my favorite actor is Keanu Reeves. Hello, everyone. It's our favorite time of the week, cocktail hour. What will you be drinking this week? Today, we're having a space gin smash to ward off the deep existential dread of knowing just how small and meaningless we are in the vast, vast cosmos. We think H.P. Lovecraft would love this drink. To make it, you will need six mint leaves, two seedless green grapes, one green apple slice, one lemon wedge, half an ounce of simple syrup, one and a quarter ounces of gin, and an apple slice, mint sprig, and green grape for your garnish. In a shaker, muddle the mint, lemon, grapes, apple, and simple syrup. Add the gin, fill with ice, and shake until well chilled. Strain into a glass filled with fresh ice. Garnish with your apple, mint sprig, and grape. Cheers! Okay, Henley, I have some trivia for you. If you can believe it, this is the same production company that made Mandy called Spectre Vision. Okay, that makes sense. From the posters, it kind of like looks like it would look like Mandy. I don't mm -hmm. know whether that's the case in the actual film or not. There are certainly similarities. It's for one, Nicolas Cage and incredibly colorful. Um, uh, Mandy is very red. This is very magenta. Mm. <laughs> so different. Um, but it, the budget was somewhere between six and 12 million. Couldn't get a clear figure. It only made one million, a rare oh, case no. in which 
a horror movie lost. I mean, I'm sure it's not a rare case, but at least in movies that we've covered in bigger movies, um, it lost money. And I'm I'm wondering if that has something to do with COVID because it came out basically right before. Okay, so did it come out in like February or something? Yeah, I think so. End of January or February. Mm. And so I was wondering if that that must have had an effect because because obviously people stopped going to the movies. Yeah, but you would think that if it came out in January, it wouldn't have had a huge huge impact necessarily. But it's also I it's also a Shutter original, and so maybe Shutter originals make less money because people can watch people can stream mm, them. That makes um, sense. So yeah, that's that's probably it. It just kind of stuck out to me. I was like, huh. There was one trivia I wanted to read. I couldn't write it down because it's super long, but it's interesting. Okay. The color used in this film to represent the color is magenta, which doesn't exist as a single wavelength of light as part of the spectrum of visible light, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet, also known, known as Roigibiv. Rather, it is an extra spectral color that is only perceived by humans in a specific interaction of the optical rods in the eyes that detect red and blue in specific circumstances to create the magenta in the mind. Since red and blue are associated to evil and good, it means that the color is apart from evil and good to come from another universe where these concepts can collide. Wow. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that was that's something he that's something that H.P. Lovecraft is obsessed with is the fact that like even our ideas of human good and human evil like don't apply in the cosmos. Mm-hmm. Like none of that mm-hmm. is applicable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, this movie also also has Jolie Richardson, who was in Event Horizon and The Turning to previous movies we've done. Um. And uh, as I was watching it, I texted Jenna and said, um, Nicolas Cage is very Vampire's Kissy in this. I see a lot of Peter Lowe, and that's his character in Vampire's Kiss, who members of Tony Collette's inner circle will know that that's who I was dressed as when me and Henley met for the first time. <laughs> oh my God, bringing it full circle. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when I was reading the trivia, Richard Stanley, the director... His favorite movie, his favorite Nicolas Cage movie is Vampire's Kiss. And he asked Nicolas Cage to bring some of that into this performance. So I was not imagining it. It is. You're right. You're spot on. on Right on the money. Amazing. Um, And then this one I just wrote down because I don't know what the fuck it means. (laughs) Uh, Both Nicolas Cage and Richard Stanley at some point in their lives have gone on a search for the Holy Grail. (laughs) What? No. Wait, really? I don't know. I didn't do any further research. I was just like, that's amazing. I'm writing it down as is. (laughs) We're just leaving it at that. All right. Feels like they just referencing Nick Cage's experience with National Treasure. I mean, that's Um, that's where my mind went as well. But Richard Stanley, on the other hand, it's got some explaining to do. Oh, my God. That's... Ridiculous. Yeah, I would actually like. I want to. I want to like be able to have the time and resources to go on a search for the Holy <laughs> I Trail. I just never even imagined anybody <laughs> actually doing that. I can't believe it. And two people involved with this movie have done it. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! I need to know more. I, know, I actually, I actually should have looked up more because it's certainly a very interesting statement. Yeah, so listeners, if you've ever gone on a search for the Holy Grail, <laughs> let us know. Let us How know. Was it? 
Well, how, do you, how much how did, did it that cost? Even <laughs> yeah, that's the main thing I want to know. Um, wait, and also this is a stupid question, but the Holy Grail, it's like, gives you immortality? Is that what the Holy Grail is? I don't is? even know. Um, wait, I need to, I feel like I should look this up. I like don't even know what the Holy Grail is. Just some art, uh, some ancient artifact. Oh, it's just, it's not actually supposed to necessarily mean anything, or at least not according to Wikipedia, it's often used to denote an elusive object or goal that is sought after with great um, significance. And it can kind of be anything with miraculous powers that provides happiness, How eternal youth. How did they go on to search for it if it's a just a general <laughs> term for well, anything? It says, it says, <laughs> it's different traditions make it mean different things. Okay, okay. And, and it's like something with miraculous powers that provides happiness, eternal youth, or sustenance in infinite abundance. Okay. Well... All right. I don't think either of them found it or... No, they didn't. Or we would have heard more about it, probably. Okay. Okay, should we watch this goddamn trailer? Let's watch it. Look at this. All those years in the big city, we finally got out. We're living the dream. Maybe it is a dream. Everything just blew up. Big flash, like a pink light. Or actually, I don't even know what color it was. It wasn't like any color I'd ever seen before. Looks like a meteorite. You mean it's radioactive? I mean, it's from space, right? Meteorites are generally no more dangerous than ordinary rocks. How can something that big just disappear? Did you plant those? No. Ward, you come here for a sec. Oh, God. What are you doing? Shh. It's talking to me. Who's talking to you? A man in the well. It's in the static. It's in the moisture. It's in here. It's out there. And what's out there is in here now. Everything's under control. Why are you so in denial? That thing from the meteorite changes everything around it. It's just the color. Do you believe me now? I don't know what I believe anymore. don't know what to think first of all it has the little boy from haunting mm-hmm. of hill house in it who's like the cutest little kid in the entire world but i fear for him and his future because i'm worried he's one of those like child actors who's just so cute now but who knows what's gonna happen <laughs> um that looks like it almost didn't even look like scary in the beginning yeah. for the first it looked more just like kind of like a sci-fi film mm-hmm. And then obviously it gets scary at the end, but I'm wondering how scary. And I'm also wondering whether or not, did you like this movie, Sammy? 
I did like it. Um, I same thing as it was starting. I was like, I wonder if this is going to be scary. And I wonder if anything scary is going to happen. And for me, it's not the kind of scary that sticks with you. There are some jump scares. Uh, there's some body horror. It gets it ramps up. It gets wild. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the kind of thing. Well, maybe it would, give, it would probably give people nightmares, but it's not the kind of horror that really scares me. It was just fun to watch. Nicolas Cage. It's it's funny. It, it has humor in it. It's really visually cool. Mm-hmm. I liked it. it it's a contender it looked, for the top 10. <laughs> ooh, contender. Um, yeah, it looked not as... Like, when I watched the Mandy trailer, I was like, this looks fucked up. Like, this looks really scary. Yeah. And I am. I know that I don't think I could watch this, even though I'm super curious. This one feels more palatable, potentially. Um, I like Nicolas Cage as just a family man, mm-hmm. um, you know, just living his mm-hmm. life. Um, and oh my god, I just can't wait to hear about it. I'm so excited. I can't wait to tell you about it. <laughs> can't wait to know what happens. Let's get into it, shall we? Let's get into it. Let's do it. Okay. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary, code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Okay. 
So we start on a teenage girl doing a kind of ritual on a lakefront. Um, she's dressed in all kind of witchy robes and has purple streaks in her hair. Cool. I want to be that for Halloween. Mm -hmm. She looks cool. <laughs> uh, this is Madeline Arthur. And we see someone in regular clothes coming up behind her, kind of approaching her. And she is saying, she's like, what do you call it? Incant incanting? <laughs> reciting? Doing, inca doing incantations? Uh -huh, I didn't know if incanting was. <laughs> she is reciting incantations. Uh, this sounds like such yes. a weird way to put it. Uh, she is saying... <laughs> Um, there we go. Please. She's burning a piece of hair and saying, please remove all traces of cancer from Teresa Gardner, my mother. Mm. Oh. And this guy comes up behind her. He steps on twig or something, scares her. She turns around. She's immediately very, you know, kind of embarrassed and annoyed and yells at him. This is private property. And he says, I think it's public property. She's like, public property ends at the road. And she's she starts packing up her stuff. And she said, now my spell's not going to work because of you. And he says, was it Wiccan or Alexandrian? And she turns back like, oh, who's this guy that knows different? I'm like, what do you know? <laughs> um, and this guy is hot, by the way. And she, Ooh, okay. she thinks so, too. So they have kind of a little flirty moment. Um, but she's still annoyed. She is getting up on her horse <laughs> what she, says she a has horse. a horse and so she's kind of packing up her horse to go <laughs> get, uh, gathering what? her belongings and he said he introduces himself his name is ward phillips and he is a hydrologist that was sent to mm. inspect the water in the area and mm. she says you know basically you're interrupting me whatever i'm leaving and hops on her horse and gallops back home. And at this point oh in God. the movie, there's also this kind of opening sequence with um, very mystical looking trees and narration. The music is the same composer as Hereditary. Colin Stetson is his name. And mm. um, so I I was very thrown in this opening. I was like, wait, are we in like a, an actual like Lord of the Rings movie? Is this a different world but we get we get to the front porch and Nicolas Cage is sitting there in his Patagonia vest very normally dressed everyone is normally dressed except for this girl okay and it's like 2019 or yeah. whenever yeah okay but okay it, it really tricked me for a second and I was confused but um through her interaction with Ward we find out her name is Lavinia did we ever find out whether it was Wiccan or Alexandria Alexandrian <laughs> He guesses Alexandrian, and she says, that's the second thing you're wrong about today. <laughs> Ooh, damn. Okay. We see Nicolas Cage on the porch. His name is Nathan. That's her dad. Jolie Richardson comes out. That's her mom, Teresa. And mm -hmm. they're on a, a what looks to be a family farm, and she goes to put her horse back in the barn we see some alpacas also in the barn <laughs> okay is there still weird like color stuff going on or is that over now um no color stuff yet there hasn't been any color okay. stuff yet oh okay okay i was thinking in the beginning when not like there was a little i mean it wasn't the color but it was just kind of misty and Mm, woods and just kind of looked kind of 
like fairy tale like mythical yeah. okay but no color yet um so she goes to put her horse back in the barn we see the alpacas her brother is in the barn his name is benny an older brother i think she looks to be um you know who knows but <laughs> they're both teenagers 15 and maybe six her brother's 16 mm-hmm. they have a dog named sam you hate to see it <laughs> don't even tell me about the dog i don't even want to know about the okay, dog well he's cute uh, <laughs> oh that's don't make it worse don't make it it's worse like a wolf dog uh, benny and Lavinia are walking out of the barn and they have like a well on the property and their younger brother Jack is looking into the well. This is the haunting of Hill House kid. He's Mm -hmm. looking into the well. He says something like, Dad told me if I stare hard enough, I'll see stars. They're just having fun, jokes, happy family, happy family of five. Okay, cute. Lovely. Um. (laughs) Uh, So they go inside (laughs) for dinner. Dad has cooked dinner tonight, and they're all looking a little nervous. He opens it, and it's some French dish that they're all very disgusted by. But Mom is working mm-hmm. away upstairs. She's some sort of, like, stock analyst or something. She's got important phone calls. She's looking at the stock ticker. She's <laughs> wheeling and Whatever dealing. Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> she's making trades. She's day trading. Okay. I don't know what. <laughs> okay. She's she's making money off of the money that she mm-hmm. makes. Exactly. <laughs> um, but they're having some internet issues. So she comes down. She ends her call, and she comes down, and she says, Oh, you gotta, we got to take a look at that di- that dish. I keep getting dropped calls. And he says, okay, I'll take a look at it, honey. Uh, again, the kids are complaining about dinner. And he says, just wait until we get to eat alpaca next year. <laughs> and, oh, okay. and Lavinia is like, nobody eats alpaca, dad. Like, I don't know why you bought them. And he loves his alpacas. And he's like, you have no idea how expensive those alpacas were. Like, <laughs> don't talk about like, they're going to be great for our family. You respect the alpacas. And in the <laughs> trivia, it says an alpaca costs between five thousand and thirty thousand dollars. So, holy shit, <laughs> are pretty expensive. Do you actually do you actually eat an alpaca? I've never heard of anyone eating an alpaca, but apparently, they, this family is planning to. What's a fucking expensive? That's an expensive um, burger meal. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and at dinner, then teresa asks nathan to go get her or get a bottle of wine they have a a basement like wine cellar a little trap door in the kitchen that goes down to the wine cellar Uh oh they yeah mark your bingo's basement oh Mm -hmm, her office mm -hmm. is also in the attic mark off attic Mm, okay after dinner nathan and teresa go outside and they're kind of watching the sunset. It's again very like misty and looks kind of ethereal and just not normal outside. Mm-hmm. Nathan is says something like, "Oh, I'm. Can you believe we're here on my dad's old farm?" And we get the impression that his dad was kind of abusive. And she says something like, "That's you know probably the first thing you've ever done that your dad would have approved of." And he does an impression of his dad. That's exactly vampire's kiss and he's like you can't be a painter nathan don't be a painter (laughs) (laughs) and it really made me laugh that was spot on i'm i'm pretty impressed with myself i'll be honest with you i'm happy i'm happy with the way that turned out (laughs) it was really good usually it takes me a few tries 
comes out crazy first, but that time right on the money. So Nathan is a painter. Is that what he is? Um, you know, we never come back to that. He That is the only line okay. that suggests that, that he at least wanted to be. We don't see him ever painting or anything, but we don't see him doing anything else. So maybe he's a painter. Okay. Um, and he starts kissing Teresa and she looks kind of hesitant. And he says, it's been six months. Don't you think we should try? And she says, I don't know how you can still be attracted to me. And we find out that mm. she has had a mastectomy. And mm. he basically is like, you, of course, I'm still attracted to you. Like, you're my, what does he say? You're my golden lady. Mm. <laughs> I love you so Cute. much. And th- they have a nice moment. People, everyone goes upstairs into their, their bedrooms. They're kind of maybe going to have sex for the first time in six months. They're kissing. Um, yeah. We see in Lavinia's room, she's got her necronomicon next to her bed and her wiccan candles and whatnot and benny is on his computer looking at videos of black holes Hmm. and jack is in his room looking really scared he has a dinosaur mobile above mobile above his bed and i don't know he just looks scared and he walks out into the hallway to maybe go to his parents' room. And Sam, the dog, is at the end of the hall staring back at him. And they're in this kind of face-off. Another fantastic Nicholas Cage. Oh, my God. (laughs) Accidental Nicholas Cage drops. (laughs) And we see a color burning bright behind Jack. And that's what Sam is looking at, the dog. And the dog starts Mm. really growling. And Nathan and Teresa don't notice. They're they're making out. They're getting busy. And oh, no. the light is getting brighter and brighter. We see it in each of the rooms. We see in Benny's room, he is frozen stiff and drooling at his computer screen, spit drooling down his mouth. Oh, what the fuck? And Lavinia is kind of waking up and look or sitting up and looking around confused and then there's a huge bang explosion sound and the whole house shakes the light gets uh, super bright uh jack starts screaming nathan and Teresa run out of their bedroom run to jack who is screaming in the hallway they they pick him up they all run outside to see what the noise was and we see that some sort of meteor has crashed in their yard whoa okay that's cool it is a magenta in color Uh and Uh kind of glowing and nicholas cage immediately comments that it smells he's like oh my god that smell that smell it smell nobody else smells it only he does and he continuously comments on the smell nobody else can smell it um, they're all outside kind of freaking out a bit. And then Teresa says something is wrong with Jack. And we go back inside. Jack is sitting on the couch kind of catatonic, like in a daze. And they say, like, he's in shock. Maybe we should take him to the hospital. We find out that the hospital is an hour away. Um, mm. They are in West Arkham, which is a town that uh, it's a fictional town that is in a lot of HP Lovecraft stories. And so they're an hour away from the hospital 
and Im- this is this is this is a stressful situation. Everyone's a little freaking out, and Nathan immediately pours himself a drink. Uh oh. Teresa says to him, you, "You know that's what you're doing right now. Your son is sick, um, and that's what you're doing." And he says, "What else? What I don't understand. I don't see what else I would be supposed to do. Like, what the hell else am I supposed to do?" <laughs> So then moments later, Jack kind of comes to and says, Mommy, and he, he seems okay. He was just momentarily in a, in a shocked daze. Okay. Uh, the next day, the sheriff and the mayor come out. He, I think they call, you know, the, the cops and they come out and to inspect. And again, they're walking up to it. They ask nathan to explain what happened he keeps saying i'm so sorry for the smell i'm so sorry for the smell they can't smell it um okay he says well what happened was my wife and i were gonna have sex for the first time in six months <laughs> he like starts with that <laughs> it's really funny oh my god and and then this this happened and he says it was a like a flash of pink light and then he says actually I don't know what color it was. It was unlike any color I've ever seen. Um, and, you know, they... Uh, oh, Ward is also there. and <laughs> Which, you know, it's a movie, but it's... They, like, turn to Ward like he's the expert in this. He's a hydrologist, so he's there for checking the water. And they're like, Ward, come take a look at that. What do you think this is? And I'm like, he, he's not a geologist. Maybe he, no. I guess maybe he, you know, he is a scientist that would know more than they would know. But I was still like, well, he's not going to know. <laughs> this is he, his- is ol- he is ologist in the last yeah, part true. of his uh, name. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that just makes it, that just means he knows everything. He knows what's going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Does he seem like he as uh, an expert? Does he have I mean, any he ideas? Says he says it's a meteorite. Uh, I think that's all he says. He just says it's a meteorite, and that's the only info we get. And I think maybe they're they're gonna call in other experts or something. But they they all go to leave, and as they're leaving, Nathan says, "Are there any doctors closer by? Um, we're an hour away from." you know, Arkham General Hospital, is there, do you know if any doctors live closer? And she says, nope, you'll have to go to Arkham. Welcome to Life in the Sticks. Okay. An hour also, like, isn't that crazy? You know what yeah. I mean? Part of me is like, just go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ward stays behind to kind of look around and, <laughs> and Nathan says, well, time to milk the alpaca. <laughs> and we go into the barn. <laughs> he brings Ward with him. And he starts milking <laughs> the alpaca. Oh, what? And he turns to Ward and says, "You know, milking an alpaca is not easy. They don't—they don't give you as much milk as a cow. You have to be very gentle with the boobs." <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> I didn't even know you milked an I alpaca. This is news. This I is news to me. I looked it up, and it's true. You can. But so then Ward asks. He's weirded out and is like, okay. Um, he says, is there anybody else living on the property? And they say, yeah, our squatter Ezra, but he's probably not going to talk to you. But Benny can take you there to go talk to him. So Ward and Benny head over to Ezra's little cottage. Ezra is Tommy Chong. And okay. his cottage, he's got, um, he's got like satellite dishes all over. And uh, as... Ward 
approaches, he says, Ward, Ward Phillips. And he says, have we met? And he says, no. And he says, you're the hydrologist though, right? And he says, I don't, how do you know that? And he says, lots of little birdies. You just got to know where to listen. It's kind of like a, he seems like a burnout kind of from, did, mm-hmm. did a lot of acid in the seventies wearing some tie dye. Squatting in the woods. Super mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. So Ward comes inside. Uh, 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 Ezra offers him a cup of water. The water is completely brown <laughs> and Ew. and he says it's the it's the purest water is straight from Mother Earth. And uh, Ward is like, I don't think you should be drinking that. And he's like, we've been drinking it. It's great. We love it. And straight from it's straight from the well as they have a well, remember? And, and Ward is like, I'm a hydrologist. I feel like you should listen to yeah, what I say. Exactly. Ward says, let me run some tests on it. Rather be safe than sorry. He takes a sample. It's got a little camp set up, a little tent by his truck on the somewhere on the property, I guess. He takes it back, takes the water back, dips one of those little pH sticks in it, mm-hmm. and the stick comes back magenta. Oh, okay. A, a storm starts and... It's lightning-ing, and it sounds really close, and they run outside. The, the Back at the main family's house, There's the, they're the gardeners, um, and Lavinia w- runs out and looks, and we see that every bolt of lightning is hitting the meteorite. Whoa, so it's cool. drawing it, and so... It, it's and it's again very colorful and cool looking and they're all a bit hypnotized by it. How big is this meteorite? Just to give a sense of scale. It's not very big, but it hit it obviously it made a big crater, but the mm-hmm. meteorite itself is not that big. Um mm. maybe okay. maybe two feet diameter. Okay, got it, got it. So Ward has run his samples on the wa- tests on the water samples, and as he's at his truck He's listening to the radio. The radio goes staticky. His car turns on by itself. Mm. And he shines a flashlight into the woods and sees kind of a translucent border, kind of like in Annihilation. Mm. Nothing happens. The car turning on is a, it, a jump scare got me real good. Because <laughs> this is when it first starts to get kind of spooky, a little spooky, mm-hmm. starting to get a, starting to get a little spooky. Mm-hmm. So, okay, the next day, the meteor is gone. They wake up and <gasps> it's gone. Okay, all right. Then they turn, and Nathan says, "Did you plant those?" And we see some magenta-colored flowers growing nearby. And she says, "No, maybe they're perennials." Maybe, maybe, Teresa. (laughs) Teresa, wishful thinking there, I think. (laughs) And then we go inside. The whole family is watching TV except for Teresa, who is cooking dinner. And we see Nathan is on the news. He has been interviewed. I guess a news station came by and interviewed him as a UFO, quote unquote, UFO witness. And he's all mad that they're making him out to look crazy. His hair is like really messy in the interview. And he's just like getting pissed <laughs> off. He's like, oh, UFO. You called it a UFO, not me. And he's getting mad. And this is intercutting with uh, a close up of Teresa chopping carrots 
you always hate to see a close up of someone quickly chopping vegetables. That's like hereditary. That's mm-hmm. what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Getting closer Ooh. and closer to those fingers, just chopping real fast. <gasps> and we see her face. She looks like she is in a daze. She's not looking as she's chopping. She's kind of staring straight ahead. And uh, Nathan says, Jack, go get your mom. Bring her in here. She's got to see this. This is so crazy. Me on the news. And Jack walks up to his mom slowly approaches her from behind that I'm thinking she's going to turn around and stab her son. Mm -hmm. But he, he breaks her days, I guess. And is like mom and touches her. And we just see blood splatter onto his face and he starts screaming. And Nathan turns and is like, what's going on? And Teresa lifts her hand up and says, dinner's ready. And she's missing two fingers. (gasps) What the fuck? And it's pouring blood. And she does not even notice that she did it. And they, everyone jumps up. Oh, my God, we got to get her to the hospital. They start wrapping her hand. And so just Nathan and Teresa get in the car to drive to the hospital. And her hand's all wrapped up. And she's saying things like, I can't believe I did that. That's so weird. I can't believe what a klutz I am. Something. She's just not behaving normally. <laughs> oh, my God. Freaky. Okay. I don't like that. Mm-mm. Um. So he, as Nathan is getting ready to drive away, he says, Benny, you're in charge. Alpaca's got to be in the barn by 10. And we see Benny put the alpacas away. Next morning, the alpacas are all out. Oh, no. Um, grazing in the in the lawn. And... Lavinia says something like, oh, you got to stop smoking so much weed, Benny. You didn't put the alpacas away. And he's like, I swear I did. Like, I think that I did. And we hear a whistling and we see Jack sitting facing the well. Mm. And he's whistling. But there's also a second whistling. And Lavinia comes and sits next to him and is like, what are you doing? And he says, shh, they're talking to me. Or he's talking to me. He no. says, who? And he says, the man in the well. Oh, fuck that. I hate a well. Mm-hmm. We should. Do we have a well on our bingo? I know, because I, was I feel like that. that's a good one. There are a lot. We should add it. Mm-hmm. And so Lavinia looks creeped out, stands up and looks like she gets a wave of dizziness. Mm. She goes inside, just kind of you know, stumbling a bit. And she gets a call from her dad. She answers it. Dad. And we just hear, it's all garbled and staticky. She's saying, Dad, Dad, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. We see Nathan in the hospital on a payphone saying, Lavinia, Lavinia, can you hear me? It's staticky on his end as well. They can't talk to each other. Okay. Uh, We go back to Jack outside next to the well. He's drawing, creepy child drawing, mark your bingos. She's drawing magenta flowers. Then he sees something uh, or hear, he hears the whistling coming from the well, leans over to look in the well. We see kind of a cocoon type thing at the bottom oh. of the well, looking like it's about to open. And oh, then gross. we see from the cocoon's point of view up at Jack, then we see it opens and out flies a magenta praying mantis thing, a flying praying mantis thing. <laughs> okay, what? And it kind of looks at Jack, 
we get a good look at it. It has weird tongues coming out of its mouth. It's this sounds scary to me. (laughs) This sounds like not fun. Uh, Jack is just looking confused and staring at it. It flies away. Um, Then we go back into the house. Lavinia is about to wash the knife that her mother chopped her fingers off with, which has like pieces of skin and and covered in blood. Gross. And she is carrying it over to the sink saying, don't throw up, don't throw up. We see her wash it and rinse it. And then a big flash of light comes in. She is she gets momentarily hypnotized. Everything is purple for a second. And then we look at the clock and it's 5 p.m. This was like just morning. Mm. And now it's 5 p.m. And the sink is completely overflowed with bloody water. She's stepping in the bloody water. She gets another call from her dad. Again, staticky, doesn't work. She runs to the bathroom and throws up. Wow. So she just like blacked out for like six hours or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Where was everyone else when this was happening? Well, we're, about we're not we're not sure. Then Ward shows up again, knocks on the door. Lavinia answers sick and pale. She's just thrown up. She says, not a good time. And he says, well, that's she says, not a good time. I'm not feeling well. And he says, well, that's what I'm here to talk to you about. There's something wrong with the water. Like you can't drink the water here. Try to drink bottled water. and. She's about to throw up again. She's like, okay, whatever. Thank you. Bye. Closes the door on him, runs inside. He goes to to go to Ezra's as well to tell him that the mm-hmm. water is bad. And Ezra is on his hands and knees on the floor with headphones on. And he says, here, you, you can hear them. You can hear them. I've heard them chattering all night. I've been listening to them chattering. and." Ward looks, you know, weirded out, freaked out, and yeah. it's like I I want to tell you you can't you can't drink the water like you need to drink bottled bottled water. And Ezra says you don't get it you don't get it do you? What's out there is now in here. What's in here is out there. What's up is down. Uh, it's in the water. It's in the static. It's in the moisture. He just kind of goes on a little a little rant, and. <gasps> Freaky. And Ward is like, okay, well, just try try to drink bottled water if you can. And then we go to Nathan and Teresa driving back from the hospital, and we get a POV through their windshield, and something runs in front of the car, and it looks like an inside-out cat. <gasps> and it's magenta. <laughs> and it's a big jump scare, and they're kind of like, did you see that? What the fuck was that? And... Uh, dry, they continue driving home. We see Jack and Sam, the dog, sitting by the well. It's nighttime now. Then we hear the whistling. And Sam starts growling. At And we see the light coming from behind the barn, the, the color. And the dog is growling at it. And then runs at it like it's going to attack. And we just hear dog whimpers oh no sam he wasn't long for this world no nathan and Teresa come home they see that jack is outside by himself they're pissed they see nathan sees that the alpacas are out again and they come home they're like what the hell have you two been doing we left you in charge why is jack out here alone why are the alpacas out 
And Lavinia's like, something really weird is going on. And it, it wasn't, we didn't do any of that stuff. Like something really weird is going on. I don't know how to explain. And they're like, not totally believing them, but. She just chopped off two of her fingers. <laughs> like, where'd you guys just come from? The mm-hmm. hospital. Like mm-hmm. weird shit is going on. Nathan storms off to go into the barn to, to put the alpacas away. And we've kind of seen that the light comes from near the barn. I guess that's maybe where the meteorite hit is mm. around there. And that seems to be where the light is strongest. Mm-hmm. And that and the well kind of are where the, the things seem to be happening the most. So he, so Nathan goes into the barn and then after he puts the alpacas away, he comes back to Lavinia and immediately starts screaming at her in a way that is like not okay. and. He's he's seemingly not himself. Mm. And he says there's a previous scene where she swears and he's like, language, please. No language. And in this scene where he yells at her, he's like cursing. He says, like, get the fuck out of my sight. (laughs) Then he's like, actually, I'll do it for you. I'll get out. I'll get out of your fucking sight. And it's just a really wild way to talk to your daughter. Um, And so he goes inside and he goes to take a shower, which is where water is <laughs> yeah don't want to be surrounded by that water that water all over your body probably leads to bad things mm-hmm. and he sees something in the drain of the shower blocking the the drain from draining and it's uh kind of looks almost like a jellyfish and he goes to pick it up maybe it's just some goop <laughs> You know, classic goop Some situation classic shower in the shower. <laughs> he holds it in his hand and it pops alive and skitters off his hand. He screams what? and it it then like slurps down the drain and, and goes away. Oh, my God. I love these descriptors. <laughs> slurps down the drain. Oh. <laughs> and so he gets out of the shower says to Teresa, we got to get a plumber. There's something wrong with the shower. Yeah, that's what'll fix it. A plumber. A plumber. <laughs> got to get a plumber in here. And uh-huh. Teresa is laying in bed with Jack, kind of comforting him because he's scared. He's scared about the dog because they don't know where the dog is. Nathan comes into the room. I think it, it must be either Jack's room. Doesn't matter. Nathan comes into the room and says, that smell, that goddamn smell. And she says, we washed everything. What are you smelling? Is it like a, a moldy smell? Is it you think it's coming from the the basement, maybe mold in the basement? And he says, it smells, it smells just like, it smells like cancer. It smells like the cancer ward that my dad was in. She, he says, you know the smell. You should know the smell of cancer better than anyone. And just is mean to her she looks affronted and it's like hey can you calm down like what's going on like you're being such an asshole right now an asshole and then we cut to the next morning the yard the farm is now pretty colorful everything Mm -hmm. has bloomed there are fresh tomatoes and peaches and and some purplish magenta vines wrapping around trees a lot of magenta flowers. Nathan is kind of traipsing through the yard. He, he is drooling in the same way that Benny was earlier. Mm-hmm. But he's smiling and drooling. And he says, 
Look at you beauties to all the tomatoes. He's picking he's picking tomatoes and and peaches. He says, and a month early too. Um, he's very excited about his garden. And he ha his arm, we see his sleeve is rolled up and his arm looks like it's burned almost. His skin is mm. scaly, kind of. It mm. doesn't look good. Okay. And he goes inside and he's <laughs> rinsing his, his fruits. And we see Teresa upstairs back on her laptop making, making business calls, wheeling and dealing. And then the, the line drops out. She gets annoyed. She storms downstairs and is like, Nathan, I thought I told you to check that dish. I'm hemorrhaging clients. And he is taking a bite out of each and every tomato and peach and spitting it like, <laughs> and he's like, I did everything right. I followed all of the gardening books and they still taste like shit. Like we're seeing Nicholas, this is classic Nicholas Cage ramping up and he starts mm -hmm. slamming all of the fruits into the trash can, freaking out. Teresa starts yelling at him and she's like, she's like, I don't know what's going on. I just need you to fix that dish. They're getting in a big old fight. Oh, God. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> and then Nathan storms into the living room, pours himself a big old glass of bourbon, mm -hmm. a morning, morning bourbon, mm -hmm. sits down to watch TV, and we get another look at his arm, which looks maybe even worse than it did five minutes ago. It looks almost like tree bark. Ooh, Gross. Um, and has he noticed his arm yet? Or I think he's he, just ignoring he, it? he looks at it in this scene and he, he dips his finger in his bourbon and rubs it on it. I don't know oh, why. That, that'll help. <laughs> sure. <laughs> now we see outside from the front porch, Benny is sitting on the front porch. Jack comes and sits next to him and the field is completely magenta. Benny says, it's pretty beautiful, huh, buddy? They need to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> like... <laughs> GTFO. Yeah, so Lavinia is definitely aware that something is, is bad is happening, and she starts doing a little ritual. She pulls out her, her Necronomicon mm -hmm. and a box cutter. Oh, no. She arranges candles around her in a circle, and she starts chanting, like, protect me, help me. And takes that box cutter and starts cutting into her arm, oh. which is bad enough. I cringed at the, ugh, I hate uh, I hate a box cutter. Yeah, me and too. um, I'm thinking, well, that'll be it because it's just like one little blood sacrifice. She keeps going. <gasps> she cuts her hands on no. her palms and the tops of her hands. No, she cuts into her chest. She's like carving a pattern. Um, all through her chest, like almost like a like a diamondy pattern. She's just she's just carving away. Oh, it's, a, fuck. it's a lot. Oh, I and fucking hate and that. her into her face too. No, fuck, I hate it. Um, now back downstairs on the front porch, Jack and Benny hear a noise coming from the barn, and go to check it out. <laughs> They're like, sure, what could this be? Do you think they're all a little fucked up right now? Yes, like, so it's it's yeah. it's it's pretty clear that the light, the color, has some sort of hypnotic effect. Like they've all at one point or another been in a kind of trance. 
drooling or, you know, just frozen or something. Okay. So Jack and Benny go into the barn to check on the alpacas. And we, as they approach, we just hear these horrible squeals. And we see just little glimpses as they get close of what looks like muscle tissue kind of again like as if an animal or anything was inside out like kind of like fatty muscle and it's kind of steaming a magenta color wait and And these are are these the alpacas we don't totally know but yes it's in the alpaca barn but we also see what seems to be sam's teeth like growling so we see like an basically an inside out dog face growling Okay. And the co- the color then comes and starts getting bright and Benny says run run Jack run and Teresa at this point has come downstairs cuz she was laying with Jack and then woke up and didn't know where Jack was so she's looking for Jack. She comes outside, she sees them running towards the house. She runs out to them. Jack falls. And Benny is still running away. Teresa's running towards um, Jack. And Benny's saying, Mom, no, Mom, no. She, the, she scoops Jack up in, his, in her arms. She is facing directly the entrance of the barn. And at the moment that she gets Jack, the color shoots out of the barn like a huge like lightning rod and hits them. And we just see them kind of engulfed in the color screaming and then we don't see what happens and we just see benny's face and then nathan runs out like what happened and we just see them looking and both of them saying oh my oh my god oh my god and nathan says bring them inside bring them inside so they get them inside on the couch we still haven't seen them oh no and then <laughs> and then Lavinia comes downstairs to see what all the fuss is about. And she is, you know, bleeding from everywhere. She oh. has a diamond shape cut into her forehead. And Nathan says, What have you done to yourself, Lavinia? Nathan is going in and out of normal father mm-hmm. and screaming asshole father. not himself yeah yeah um so he's having a moment of normal and he's like lavinia what have you done like are you okay and as lavinia walks forward she sees uh, on the couch her mother and brother have basically melded into one so what? they are they are fused and they're both kind of glowing a little bit magenta and they can't speak and they're both just moaning what and it's very, it's like, rem, it's reminiscent of some, um, some of, some of the eighties body horror, some Cronenberg. Chron- yeah. How can you tell that they're like fused together? <laughs> I mean, it shows it, it shows it, comp- they're, they're literally skin. It's they're back to back basically. So Jack's head is coming out of Teresa's back. What? And uh, oh, they're fused together that way. I was thinking she was like holding him and they are fused together. Mm, no, their skin is melted together in a way what? that they are now one being. What the fuck? 
<laughs> that is crazy. And but I love it. <laughs> I know this is when I was like, oh my god, it's really getting pretty, pretty wild. Um, so Nathan runs out to try to start the car to get get these people to the hospital. <laughs> That'll fix it. That'll fix it. And he can't start the car. Has another good kind of Nicholas Cage, classic Nicholas Cage meltdown, freak out, screaming, "You cocksucker!" <laughs> over and over at the car, doing what he does best. <laughs> And Lavinia and Benny are inside, sitting next to their mother and brother. Lavinia is at her side, kind of stroking her mom's hair, saying, we're here, we're here, it's okay, we're going to get you help. Her mom's hair is falling out with every time she strokes her hair. She's just, hair is falling out. She's she's gray. Oh, no. And just looks like a little creature from the thing. Like, she's... Is not looking good. No, no. Things are bad. And she's, they're just making horrible sounds. Oh. So it's like both of them moaning together. Oh. They can't speak anymore. And so it's just little, little horrible, sad, scared moans, constant moans. Oh my uh, God. I hate this. And Lavinia and Benny are like, what the fuck happened? And Lavinia says, it's the, it's the meteorite. It's the color. It changes everything that it comes in contact with. Like, it changes everything around it. And Benny says it changes time also. Like, like how long has dad been outside? How long has dad been at the car? Like, they've all just kind of lost track of time, their concept of time. And it does change from day to night many times in this movie. Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And he says it's like a black, like a black hole. Oh, Nathan comes back in, says the car's not happening. Let's get her upstairs. Let's try to make her comfortable in the, in the bed. They take her up into the attic for some reason. Pull a little mattress up there. Lay them, lay them there. And then we hear more horrible noises coming from the barn. Benny says something's happening to the alpacas. Nathan says, I'm going to go check it out. His <laughs> grabs a, sh- sacred grabs a shotgun. Oh, yes, his favorite no. alpacas. Um, he loves them. He needs to protect them. He goes into the barn and we see that they have all fused together. The alpacas there's, have fused together? Mm-hmm. There's about six of them and all their heads are sticking out at different angles. It's what? making horrible monster noises. Again, it looks like it's inside out. It's magenta. And it's magenta, of course. Mm-hmm. And Nicolas Cage really loses it, starts screaming and crying his Oh, his favorite alpacas, and he starts. Not sh- his alpacas. Shoot- like he can handle his <laughs> wife and child being fused together, but not the alpacas. Not the alpacas. And he starts shooting them in the head with. He brought a little shotgun. He's shooting each of them in the head, and I guess he manages to kill this fused alpaca creature. He comes back into the attic, covered in blood, and. He tells Lavinia and Benny to get out of the room. He's still holding the shotgun. He says, you guys should, you guys should go downstairs. And they're like, what are you going to do? And he says, I'm going to, I'm going to handle it. And she says the same way you handled the alpacas. And they're kind of crying. Oh my God, wait, I forgot one part that really was jarring for me. So right after he kills the alpacas, it hard cuts to Teresa 
lapping water up from a bowl like a cat. They're giving oh. her they're giving her water and she's drinking it like a cat. And it's really creepy. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> I really wasn't fond of it either. No. So so they're leaving the room and kind of crying. They realize that, you know, Nathan is planning to kill their mother and brother. And they kind of are like, we love you, mom. They're saying their goodbyes. And they walk out of the room, close the door behind them. Nathan is in there with them. And he leans down to kiss Teresa one last time. As he pulls back from kissing her, her lips have, it's like glue between their lips. Magenta color in color. And it like sticks to his lips. And he like goes back for many more kisses. <laughs> and he says, Oh no, says, you're he's my, into it. He says, You're my golden lady. I love you so much. And you can't tell if, you know, he's like emotionally saying his goodbyes. But then a moment later, he says, You know what? I'm gonna fix this. I'm gonna find I'm gonna find help. I'm gonna get you help. We're gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be A okay. Oh, right. That's from the trailer. Mm-hmm. He says that. And <laughs> things don't seem to get A okay after this. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> so then we we see Ward at I guess like City Hall where we're visiting the mayor and trying to say you know something's wrong with the water around here. I think she kind of brushes him off. He goes outside and there is a sheriff and a cop parked out front of the building and they say Ward, let me show you this. Guess they know him. They're like we found this off the side of the road. They pull back a tarp in the back of their truck, and it's another, like, fused creature um, with many Mm. heads and teeth and eyes. It's yucky. (laughs) Very yucky. (laughs) And they say there's there's rabbits in there. There's a a cat, a bird. Like, it's a bunch of creatures. Uh, And Ward says... What they're like their skin look it looks like radiation burns. Mm-hmm. Then we go back to Lavinia and Benny. Lavinia's trying to to prep her horse. She's like, We're getting we need to get the fuck out of here. She has the right idea. Get the fuck mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And as she's putting a saddle on the horse or whatever, she its eyes are purple and salamander like in the oh. same way that she, she's going to get fused to the horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, the horse at that moment just basically runs away, like does a little scary horse jump, mm-hmm. runs away. And she's like, fuck, like, I guess we're going to have to walk out of here. Benny says, you were walk 12 miles through the forest. And she's like, yeah, there's like, we're going to die here if we don't. Basically, Lavinia knows that they got to get the fuck out of here Mm -hmm. and then as they're kind of turning to leave benny hears sam in the well he's like i hear sam in the well and runs toward the well there's like nasty sludge at the bottom of the well kind of glowing and he's like sam's in there sam's in there i'm gonna climb down and get him Nope, no, bad and idea. Lavinia is rightfully like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, like that's the stupidest that. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, it's it's just a dog. It's just a dog, which like is a sad thing to say, but also true at this point. Like, you're gonna die if you go down there. Well, mm-hmm. but he climbs. He says, I'm gonna climb down. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Sam in the bucket. You pull him up. 
a great follow-up question that she should have asked is, how am I supposed to get you back up? Yeah, seriously. What's the answer there? Have we thought <laughs> she, that through? That They didn't think that through. Um, but doesn't matter because as he's climbing, he doesn't even make it to the bottom. As he's climbing down, the sludge glows bright magenta and color shoots up out of the well. <sighs> and we see him looking down and screaming, no, no, no. And he basically disintegrates. Oh. And Lavinia does sees it but doesn't it doesn't get her and so she's crying at the side of side of the well kind of sobbing and then something comes up behind her and grabs her it's a jump scare but it's nathan and he immediately is is screaming at her again and he's like you left me to deal with this on my fucking own like and then he's kind of dragging her inside Oh, no. And then as he gets her up the stairs, he starts being really nice again. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And like family sticks together, right? Family sticks together. Like we just got to be, you know, we got, we're in this together. And then they're right at the door of the attic. And Nathan says, like I said, family sticks together and opens the door and shoves her in and closes it behind her and says, now go feed your mother. Ah, no. (laughs) And we see in the room, well, we don't see, but we just hear kind of the same kind of moaning. But now it's almost a little growling. It's a little more mean sounding. Yeah. And we just see like darkness in the corner where the mattress is. And Lavinia's like, Mom. Oh, my God. (laughs) Now we cut we cut away to. The sheriff and Ward driving out to the property. They see Lavinia's horse running away. They turn on the siren. They're like, something is wrong. We got to get there. We see Nathan in the house pouring himself another drink. He's just talking to no one now. He's in the living room as if the whole family is in there. Kind of, I think he's talking about, um, you know, the vacation they've been planning or something like that. Mm. And we go back upstairs into that attic and Lavinia is looking at the corner and then out from the shadows bursts uh oh boy how to describe that. oh no oh no uh i mean it's still it's still Jack and Teresa fused together but they've kind of changed shape into a human spider where their arms ah! and legs are bent in a way that they're walking like the, they have eight limbs arranged like a spider that is so scary that's very scary scary. (gasps) and it lunges at her knocks her over the the mom's face is now a monster face like the mouth is huge and growling and trying to eat her um lavinia's holding her off uh we see downstairs the sheriff and ward have arrived they're knocking on the door um nathan answers covered in blood looking very disheveled and out of it and Mm -hmm. they're like what the fuck's going on here and nathan says i'm so glad you guys came like we've been having a real tough night (laughs) he says you know he says you know you know the car the wi-fi or cell phones yeah life in the sticks you know (laughs) my god this is like a comedy sometimes it is sometimes a i think anything with nicholas cage is sometimes a comedy Mm -hmm. yeah i agree with that even mandy Mandy was less of a comedy than this less one, I will so, say. But Cheddar Goblin was very funny. <laughs> Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> um, so 
they and what's wrong with your arm? And he says, oh, it's just a rash. It's just a rash. And he's scratching at his, I guess, radiation looking burned arm, scratching away. And Ward says, where's your wife? And he says, she's right there and points to like an empty chair in the living room. He says, uh, where's the rest of your family? He's like, what are you talking about? They're already, we're already here. Family, we're family. We stick together. We stick together. So he's like completely lost it. Um, Mm -hmm. and then we hear a scream, screech coming from upstairs. Ward runs Mm -hmm. up, is like, Lavinia, open, they bust in, him and the sheriff bust in, um, and see a very frightening scene and are both pretty, pretty shocked. And we just see Teresa's head kind of about to bite into Lavinia. And then we hear a gunshot and her head explodes. And we see that it is Nathan. He has come upstairs and shot uh, Teresa in the head. And the sheriff and Ward are completely in shock. They're like leaning against the walls, like looking very afraid. And... Yeah. And then we see on the other side of this creature, Jack's little head is still alive and moaning and he's kind of magenta and glowing and Nathan comes up and shoots him right in the face and and turns and says to the ward or the sheriff and ward, um, those are, those are not my family. Like my family's downstairs. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so sad. And so Ward goes to scoop up Lavinia and is carrying her downstairs. They're carrying her outside. And as they walk down the front steps, the color comes out of the well like tentacles-y and coming out. And they're all kind of momentarily hypnotized. And Nathan is also running out. And... He raises his gun, and I think he's pointing at the color, but Na- but Ward and Lavinia are right in front of him, so it looks like he's also mm-hmm. pointing it at them. I'm not sure who he's really pointing it at, but the sheriff thinks he's pointing it at them, so the sheriff shoots Nathan through the chest. Mm-hmm. Nathan collapses. Lavinia jumps and turns, screaming for her dad, and he's dying. And pressing his hands into his blood and and looking at his blood and saying, so beautiful, so beautiful. The color is so beautiful. Ward says, Lavinia, we got to get out of here. And she says, we're never getting out of here. Like, and I like, I'm not leaving. This is, I live here. I live here. So she's kind of changed a bit. Okay. She's no longer trying. She's no longer trying to get out. No. Well, her whole family is dead. Yeah. Everyone yeah. is dead. So that's, you know. But let me remind you, Ward is hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. So there's hope for the future, <laughs> Lavinia, with this man you've met twice under really horrible circumstances. Either way, she should have gone. She should have gone with Ward. But so there's an, a noise coming from Ezra's house. So they go to check that out. Oh, God. And... It's a tape recording of Ezra's voice saying, it lives in the well, it grew down there, poisoning everything, changing everything. And the tape is kind of like warped, so it, like, it sounds really uh, 
old and they go in mm-hmm. and Ezra's body is he's a corpse and he's basically mummified as if he's been there thousands of years. Whoa. Okay. And he's glowing magenta under his skeleton, basically. Wow. And the tape says it's just a color, but it burns. Oh, <laughs> uh, and he's kind of glowing in a way that looks like he's maybe about to explode. So uh, Ward and the sheriff run out as they're running. A tree branch reaches down, scoops up the sheriff, wraps branches all around it and a, a branch pen like goes straight into his mouth. Killing him Ew. very much Ew. like Evil Dead, and mm-hmm. um, the sheriff dies, and Ward grabs his gun that he dropped and runs back to the house. He's still trying to get Lavinia and take her away, and Lavinia is now standing at the well. Color the color is shooting out of the well up into the sky, like a kind of tunnel of light up into the the planets. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very beautiful. And Lavinia thinks so too. She is standing there almost like she is worshipping the light. It's uh, mm-hmm. reminiscent of her, of her opening shot where she's doing her ritual with her kind of arms spread. Um, but yeah, now she is worshipping this light. She says it's so beautiful. Ward says we got to go we got to get out of here she turns around we see her eyes are totally purple her Mm. the the shape that she carved into her forehead is like a diamond is also purple glowing purple and ward gets momentarily kind of drawn in and it go it like goes to this very trippy kind of portally looking thing where we then see what we assume is the the home planet of the color and it has this kind of it has like a magenta sun everything's magenta and there's kind of a a throne in which it's shaped the same shape as what she has carved onto her head and then it like fades back to her face ward is able to break Whatever spell hypnosis is happening kind of uh, falls back, falls into the grass. The grass is all alive and kind of wrapping around him. He pulls up and starts to run toward the house. And I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why he runs toward the house. Get in the car. Get in the car and (laughs) run away. Get away. Um, And we see Lavinia do one final like spreading her arms, looking at the color, and she disintegrates. I I assume she is being taken to this home planet or dimension or whatever it is, this place that the color comes from. And Mm -hmm. um, so Ward is running inside. The effect that's happening is really cool. It's like his it's like a motion blur type thing, but it's all in, in magenta and blues and reds, I guess. And so his movements look like delayed and like they're leaving like a path like you can see where he's been. Mm, It's a very cool cool. visual effect. He goes into the house and everyone is in there, the whole family, sitting around the couch. 
Nathan turns to him and with Lavinia's voice, says something to him in Lavinia's voice and and Ward is like, you're dead. This was happening. And Nathan jumps up to attack him. So they're in like a, a fist fight and it goes into the kitchen. Uh, Nathan's trying to kill him. Ward finds a little trapdoor to the wine cellar, goes in, locks it behind him. Um, you know, not my first choice of a place to hide, but I guess he didn't have a lot of options. Wasn't near mm-hmm. another door. No other escape route. Anyways, he's in the wine cellar and through this whole, you know, sequence with the color shooting up into the sky, there's like a noise getting louder and louder. The like color drifty motion thing is getting stronger. Like something is happening. It's like building to this thing and the house starts like shaking. And while he's downstairs uh, or while he's while Ward is hiding in the wine cellar, eventually a big explosion happens. We see Nathan kind of disintegrate and the screen turns white and silent. So some big, big explosion. Mm -hmm. And a little while later, we see Ward emerging from the rubble. Um, Oh, okay. He he survives. survives. (sighs) The camera like pulls up. We get like a bird's eye view and see that it's basically ash for like a, a, a mile around. And then we see wow. regular trees and stuff. Um, and then we get a, a, a flash forward and a voiceover from a little narration from Ward saying, I hope, he says, I, I hope that they cover them with lots of water. I'm going to botch this, but uh, <laughs> basically that like final explosion left a big crater that they filled mm-hmm. with water. And made part of the dam, I guess, that he was there to inspect in the first place. And he says, you know, uh, I hope they bury them deep, deep and underwater. But even then, like, I'll still never drink it. Like, he's not drinking this water. Fair. And he says, there's few, there's very few of us that remember the strange times. And he says, but it was just, just a color, a color out of space, a messenger from realms. We cannot place. And there's just probably more that he says. I didn't write it all down. But <laughs> Whoa. That's the end. Oh, my God. And that's the end. Mm-hmm. So Ward survived and lived to tell the tale. Mm-hmm. And then they created a dam where it happened. That feels like a bad idea. It feels like a bad idea. Maybe there's going to be a sequel. Actually, Richard Stanley said that this is going to be part of a trilogy. I think he's going to do more H.P. Lovecraft movies. That feels very Stephen King, the like having the same town over and over again mm-hmm. in stories, being out in like a rural area, mm-hmm. having it be in this, like it feels like, um, like they're, they're in another world within their own worlds kind of yeah. feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that was, that was definitely scary. The scariest part for sure for me was when the, boy and the mom got fused together and they became a spider. I do not <laughs> like that. I did not see it coming. <laughs> no, it's no. It's pretty unexpected. I thought. That sounds really, there's part of me that's, there's part of me that really wants to know what that looks like, but more, <laughs> more a part of me is like, no, thank you. I can pass. It's pretty gross, but 
but I enjoyed the movie. I think it is, you know, a great Nicolas Cage performance. I love it. I love it. You're here for it every time. I'm here for it every time. And you know what's so funny? I saw a something in the trivia that was, um, I think, about one of the producers. It must be at Spectre Vision or XYZ Films or the, the companies that did both this and Mandy. And the trivia phrased it as, this company produced Mandy and Color Out of Space and the acclaimed thriller Mom and Dad. And I was like, <laughs> acclaimed? What is that? I've never even heard of that. I've never oh even my heard God. of Mom and Dad. It's pretty funny. It's, I guess, kind of a, a, a horror movie where a virus goes around that makes parents want to kill their, their children. And so mm. it's Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair our mom and dad and it's like their kids trying to survive them trying to kill them it's very funny but it's in no way acclaimed there's no way there's any acclaim for it i just <laughs> you, can, you can say anything on the internet and people will believe you it's true that's the moral of the story yeah sammy thank you so much for giving that beautiful rendition of this movie <laughs> i felt like very uh totally entranced the oh whole my time God. hypnotized um i was hypnotized one might say i'm seeing magenta as we mm. speak um i feel like you didn't like it as much as mandy i got that yeah sense. i mean i would be shocked if i if i if i did i wasn't expecting to mm -hmm. like it as much as mandy so it wasn't a letdown i mm -hmm. i knew that it was not there's no film like mandy except for mandy <laughs> uh -huh. it's one of a kind mm -hmm. um yeah, I'm curious. I feel like I could watch this movie the first like two thirds of it, and then maybe need to need to shut it off after. Yeah, that. yeah. But you can see how it's like it's not the kind of scary that totally sticks with you. Like I'm, I didn't like go to bed being mm -hmm. afraid that I was going to be, you know, f fused to the creatures around me. No, and it also doesn't. It isn't as one of H.P. Lovecraft's story that's particularly, like, obviously racist mm -hmm. in any way. Mm -hmm. I didn't pick up on any of that no. um, at all in this. Um, but it is spooky, the idea of it being a color, like a color that takes mm -hmm. over. Mm -hmm. Ooh, gross. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, um, well, I'm glad that you enjoyed hearing about it. And mm -hmm. listeners, we'll have Emily back next week. Next week's going to be our holiday episode, right? Yeah, I think so. Our Christmas episode. That is exciting. Our Christmas mm -hmm. slash Henley's birthday episode. Oh, yeah. Don't forget about my birthday. <laughs> the most important holiday of all. That's the most important part. Um, I'm going to be 31, you guys, on Christmas Day. 31 what a lame age mm -hmm. as a 31 year old i can i can confirm <laughs> i can't believe it okay well um sammy i love you so much how should we sign off i feel like there was we should we try to be like nicholas cage yeah that's a good idea do your best peter your best peter low a okay. b c d <laughs> elva <laughs> I'm try trying to think of some good key phrases. Get in character. Get in character. I'm trying to get in character. <laughs> okay. From all of us here at Too Scary Didn't Watch, <laughs> it's not as good as my first one. <laughs> Goodbye. 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 <laughs> I just got to go big. <laughs>
Hey everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you had as much fun as we did, head on over to Apple Podcasts where you can subscribe, rate, and review us. We are also on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at TSDW Podcast. We also now have a Patreon, so you can head on over to patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast if you want to support our little pod a little bit more. Um, There are a few tiers you can sign up for. You get cool, fun gifts like a bingo card, and we have bonus episodes. And we just love to hear from you. So please um, throw us a comment in our on our Instagram or leave us a review. We'd love to know um, more movies you'd like us to review and just any feedback you have for us. We love you so much. Talk to you later.